listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast. We believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can visit us at www.sevenrivers.org backslash students. What's up? What up? This is the place where we talk about the mess of parenting teenagers. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> there it is, guys. That's the face he makes every time. What's so, the name of the podcast, though? This is a Spilt Milk pop- Podcast. Podcast. Pl- <laughs> <laughs> this is going really well. Sarah, so Jason was convinced you were in Antarctica writing a book. I actually was. Was uh, it? How was it? How did it go? Dude, guys, you need to go to Antarctica. It is beautiful and huge and cold it's so cold also it's seems counterintuitive that i would have gone to antarctica in the middle of their winter but it makes sense at the same time does it (laughs) (laughs) well we're glad you're back yeah i still have icicles hanging from my nose but (laughs) (laughs) so this is the one and only sarah harris hello and and this is mikey puckett that's right I'm right here. <laughs> the one and what only. Up, guys? In the so. flesh. You can, I guess they can't feel us, but. No, they can't. They could, you could see us. You can see us. On it's great. YouTube, you can watch us. This is incredible. Or Instagram, I think. Oh my gosh. Maybe so if you're on not on YouTube or Instagram and you're on Spotify right now. You can just go watch us through Go this watch thing. us and you can see all the hand gestures <laughs> that we make. We're trying new things. <laughs> you can watch me roll my so. eyes at Mikey. <laughs> well, let's get started. And we'll see see where this goes. All right. Um, As always. (laughs) It always goes somewhere fun. Love it. (laughs) All right, Sarah. I'm going to catch you up on what me and Jason were talking about. Yeah, please. We were talking about this three-step process that I stole from the one and only Dan Allender. So if you don't know who Dan Allender is, you need to go check him out. Google his name. Um, he's He teaches um, at like a seminary counseling school um, in Seattle. It's, it's awesome. I love his stuff. I've been doing this work called the Storage Sage work. I think it's 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 kind of pricey to take the classes, but it's been really helpful, and it's really taught me a few things that we are kind of trying to mm-hmm. teach you guys. And so I would love to take credit that this was all from me, <laughs> but it's not. It's actually from the great Dan Allender. So the great. And Mikey. Well, uh, Mikey's The great Mikey. Bucket. And Sarah Spin. We'll put Sarah Spin on it, too. Oh, for sure. So. And you'll take full credit for it. <laughs> this is my podcast that you just happen to be on. Yeah. So the one and only Sarah Harris. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, so here it is. There's three elements that children long for from their parents. They long for delight, mm-hmm. they long for honor, and they long for repair. And so Jason and I, we talked about delight. Essentially, real quick, it's, it's letting your kids know they make you happy. It's also letting them know you enjoy them and mm-hmm. enjoy their gifts and enjoy their talents. It's, it's really special, um, especially when you sit down with your kid and maybe you write them a letter um, telling them all the little things that you love about them and delight in mm-hmm. them about. I mean, that, that stuff goes a long, long, long way for uh, a child. 
The other thing was honor. So this is like where we get into like a lot of us wrestle with are you the strict parent, like the dictator parent, or are you like the friend parent, like mm-hmm. your you know, best friends mm-hmm. with your teenager? But we talk about honor, meaning one of the ways you honor and how you honor your your students is by and your children is by actually setting up discipline and setting up structure and setting up boundaries. Mm-hmm. That brings the most honor to who they are. So you delight in who they are and, and you love them for who they are and how God's designed them. But then you also honor who they are mm-hmm. by setting up boundaries for them so that they can be who God's called them to be. So, so that you are disciplining them and shaping them and molding them uh, more and more in the image of God. And so sometimes, like, and for me, my temptation is probably always going to be like, oh, I'm going to delight in my kid and want to be his friend mm-hmm. instead of being the one who set, sets the boundaries up that honor my son trip and luke that mm-hmm. bring honor and glory to them um, and who they are because if i don't then they're going to be let go to be whoever and whatever the world says for them to mm-hmm. be and so i want to set up boundaries so that they are shaped into god's image more and more by the day and mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of what honor is it's it's a grace too to mm-hmm. discipline your children like a lot of times i think oh, I'm really gracious with my kids because I let them get away with with things. Like if they're in trouble, I show them grace. But really, that might not be grace. Grace might be in that situation is disciplining them. Um, and that is mm-hmm. the gift that I can offer them as their parent is to set up boundaries and say, you cross the boundary, you are wrong, you need to repent. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we are now, repair. And essentially repair is repentance. Mm-hmm. And so every child if you delight in them and you honor them you have to give them a way to bring repair to bring back to the moment of delight for them to be honored with the boundaries for them to cross the boundaries because they're a kid they're a teenager they're going to they're going to make mistakes Um, they're going to make decisions that don't make any sense to (laughs) us because that's how their brain is developing at the moment you know all the time i get mad at trip and and obviously trips on a teenager but he will do something that's very two-year-old like. And I have to remind myself, he's not, he's a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's a two-year-old. But I still discipline him. I still bring in the boundaries. I still do that and try to because I'm trying to show him honor. Mm-hmm. And then I have to offer him an opportunity um, for delight again to bring repair, um, to bring from uh, from wrath to love. And so what we learn about the character of God and what we see about the character of God is he's got a love, but he's also a God of wrath. Mm-hmm. And those go hand in hand. Um, and if you know his wrath, you're going to know his love so much more. And if you know his love so much more, you're going to know his wrath so much more. So they, mm-hmm. they go hand in hand with God. And that's what we're going to talk about is repair. So when I think about repair and repentance, obviously it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think about the moments where I have been wrong as a teenager and I've had to seek repentance and repair and it is the worst it feels like death <laughs> it literally feels like it death and I remember my father telling me one time with my sister because of my sister and I we hated each other growing up we didn't really but we did kind of <laughs> try to kill yeah. each other a few times <laughs> and it's fine and so me and my my sister and I we would always fight 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 say the worst I mean the the worst things I've ever said in my life have been to my sister. <laughs> and the worst things she's probably ever said in her life have been to me. And so we were so mean to each other. And then my dad sat me down and said, well, you know, you know, this is wrong. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he said that in order for you to have a relationship and bring repair to your relationship with your sister, you're going to have to experience death. 
the death of yourself, the death of pride, the death of something in order for repair to happen. So repair and repentance is a graveyard. It starts at a graveyard, Mm -hmm. really. And I remember thinking that and being like, it would feel like death to go to my sister and say to her, I'm sorry. I mean, straight up, like I would prefer to die in those moments as a teenager and then say, I'm sorry. Like I would, I would literally be in that moment as a teenager, like a complete irrational thought that that would go through my mind. So I don't know, Sarah, do you have any kind of examples of repair? um, The graveyard of repair. The graveyard of repair. Yeah. I mean, with, with my brother, with my parents, even with friends, even today, there are, um, there are days where it, it is miserable. I mean, yeah, when you said the word death initially, I'm like, you literally do have to die. Yeah. Um, I can think of instances where my brother and I, I mean, I only have one sibling, so we had to hate each other because we didn't have anybody else to hate, right? So, <laughs> but we would argue and argue and argue, and I hated it. I mean, you know, just right. had like this like, and um, even I like hated when my parents would make us like hug it out, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh, so my I can relate. You need to hold hands for two minutes with your brother or sister. <laughs> and I've done that with yeah. kids that I've nannied. I've like been like, okay, y'all have to hug it out now. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's always the most appropriate place for repair, but I do think that, um, or the most appropriate uh, response to bring repair. But I do think that it's helpful. Like even that physical affection makes you yeah. die to yourself on some level. Um, and when I don't like the last thing I want to do is even look at you, much less touch you right now and having to go in and hug it out is miserable, but it, it does feel like death. Um, and like you said, the death of pride and the death of the death of my own will even. Right. Um, and, and even if, when, you know, if I'm seven or 17 or 27 or 107, sometimes I, um, it doesn't click with me all the time that like when I die to myself, I'm dying to my will and, and giving myself over to the will of God. Um, I don't know. It yeah, it's hard. It's not yeah. very much fun. Repair. I mean, when you are talking about repair, you're talking about a place that's been broken. Mm-hmm. So, if, for instance, like you repair your car, you're acknowledging by this, the fact that you're saying, "I'm taking my car to the car shop, uh, the car mechanic." You're acknowledging there is something broken. There's something not right. <laughs> it requires humility to we go. We have a lot of experience. Yes, <laughs> with my car going. <laughs> literally the other day, it's like I drive up. I rolled down my window before youth group. I don't know why. I think I was like throwing something out the window. (laughs) Some like sunflower seeds that I like to eat and then just dumping them into the bushes. And next thing I know, the window won't roll up. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'll just go inside. Next thing I know, 30 minutes later, it's pouring down rain. I'm running outside, throwing trash bags on it, trying to get it out of here. While I'm trying to do that, youth group's happening. Then my car alarm goes (laughs) off because I just unlock it from the window instead of from the door so my car so, freaks out so the alarm's going off multiple, for like fi- times. multiple times during you jason's teaching water's we can all hear hemorrhaging it. inside my car <laughs> i'm soaking wet uh and finally you know i, I don't even know what, how to figure it out i just take it you, up to, oh, to the school the away, underpass just yeah, and just left it there i was like screw it whatever <laughs> but i have to you know in order to repair my car i have to acknowledge that something's broken or else you can't Mm -hmm. repair it and so that's that's the graveyard experience that's the death the brokenness that we taste every time we experience something broken we are experiencing a small sacrament Mm -hmm. a small a small taste and sign of what's to come Mm -hmm. in our own bodies even like that's why it's so uncomfortable so annoying so frustrating when your car breaks down Mm -hmm. it's just 
ah, once again, my car is broken. Why, <laughs> Father, why, <laughs> why do we do this? But it's the same thing with stuff around your house. The same thing with your own kids, mm-hmm. your teenagers. Mm-hmm. When you experience your teenager sinning or when you experience your teenager crossing the boundaries, when you experience your teenagers not submitting to um, the will of their father in heaven, you're experiencing a taste of their fallenness, a taste of their brokenness, and there is a sense of, man, this is sad. Mm -hmm. This isn't the way it should be. Teenagers shouldn't have to deal with these situations, experience these situations, Mm -hmm. experience these problems, but yet they do. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that is really hard for a parent to swallow is that you're also, when you look at your teenagers, you're looking at fallen and broken human beings. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for the parent to, that is on the side of like the best friend category. Like I just Mm want to be my teenager's best friend, which is the category I would probably fall into. And I know I'm tempted to fall into. Mm -hmm. And that when, when you experience, when you are experiencing the brokenness of your children, you're going to want to make excuses for them, you know, and things like that. But you have to let brokenness be broken and call it what it is mm-hmm. in order to begin the process of repair. And that's what I mean by walking through the graveyard and even walking through the graveyard of your story, which we have been encouraging you guys to do as parents is to go back to your own childhood, walk through your own graveyard and say, these are the areas that are broken and that need healing mm-hmm. and that need Jesus, uh, essentially. And that's what we're asking you um, to lead your teenagers to do with this idea of repair. Yeah, delight in them, honor them, but then walk them through the graveyard and point out, hey, this is where you are broken. Mm-hmm. This is where your sin is. Help them to see that and to know that. And if that makes them sad, if that makes them angry, good. That is an appropriate response to death. Anger, sadness, frustration, mm-hmm. lament, whining, crying, all of it. Mm-hmm. is all appropriate to an experience of brokenness and death. It's not the way it should be. We should respond emotionally. And to be honest, teenagers do a great job at that. You tell your student, <laughs> your teenager, you say to them, hey, you were wrong there. No, I wasn't. You know, boom, boom, boom. They defend themselves. They defend themselves. They defend themselves. And what they're doing is they're trying to put clothes on a dead body they're trying to pretty up their corpse their spiritual corpse they're trying to say no i'm still beautiful i'm so pretty you can delight in me still you can still you know have i can still honor you i I, you know those are the things they're wrestling with in that moment they're defending and making a case for why they uh, are not broken and and we have to come to the realization we all are broken you as a parent and your teenagers And your teenagers are actually going to learn most about their broken condition, their fallen condition, by you admitting that you are broken. By you being the first one to say, here's my graveyard. Here is my brokenness. Here is my story. This is how I was sexually abused. This is how I was emotionally abused. This is how I was physically abused. This is my ACE score. Those places that you take your teenager to in your story with appropriateness based on their age, is going to be a beautiful gift to your teenager because they're going to learn and see my mom and dad are broken and yet they're also good and yet there's also joy and hope and redemption. Mm -hmm. Hmm. How does that happen? And that's going to leave them questioning with a question, how does that happen? I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm kind of thinking going back to 
pointing out um and it and it actually you 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 kind of got there but pointing out um here's where you're wrong here's where you're broken here is here's where you need to we you need to change or, or repent or whatever um oh so that we get good at that by watching other people do it well right. so so if i think that i think that relationships even my own relationships with my own parents or my own really i mean we see it at work too um our relationships with other people are repaired when someone first says here's where i've been wrong mm. um and so i can think of multiple instances where i think that we could have avoided a lot of um conflict in my family if my my mom or my dad had said you were wrong here like I w- Sarah Harris was wrong here. You were wrong here. This is what you've done wrong. But also here's how I was wrong in the way. Yeah. That, and and just like modeling that modeling that repentance for our students, for our children allows them it gives them the freedom to do the same thing. Yeah. It gives them the space to do the same thing. It gives them they don't have to like stand up and buck up in pride because they've seen you hu- humbly repair the relationship on your end of things too and so i I think um that's kind of where my head goes is like i'm gonna ask for my my children if i ever have children like or or even students here like i want this is this is where you're wrong this is where i feel like we need to repair the relationship or where you need to repair your relationship with god or with this other person but also here's where i've been wrong um and so or here's here's where i've been hurt or here whatever the case may be um when we can model that they can come behind us and do the same thing and and it just creates a safe space for it. Right. Yeah. Something that's coming through my mind is like, if you don't bring in repair into your parenting discipleship and dynamics, you're going to be raising Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to do, if you just have delight and honor, you're raising at certain points, students or ch- teenagers that just think they're the bee's knees, mm-hmm. which to a tr- point they are. Yeah. They are beautifully wonderful. and wonderfully made and created in the image mm-hmm. of God. Yes. Like, so there's a piece of that, but then there's also the honor side. Like if you're just disciplining, you're the dictator, you're going to be raising kids that are just full of shame mm-hmm. and like, ah, oh, like they, they don't understand, like they have to earn their way. They have to, you know, in order for love to be given to them, in order for delight to be given to them, they have to earn it. Mm-hmm. But then when you bring in repair and you add repair to the, your tool belt of honor and delight as a parent and discipling, you blow up the whole paradigm. You blow up the whole idea that I have to earn love. You blow up the whole idea that I'm just loved because I'm the bee's knees. I'm the best. I'm mm-hmm. just loved. Or I'm I'm not loved because I'm not. Mm-hmm. You blow that whole paradigm up and you say, you're loved because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Lovable through relationship with Jesus. Where does Jesus take us in the story in the Bible? He takes us to the cross. He takes us to the graveyard. He mm-hmm. takes us to the tomb. In order for you and I to have redemption, in order for you and I to have even redemption in our stories, we have to go to the graveyard. We have to go to our past. We have to go to the places where we have been wounded, but where we've also wounded others. Mm-hmm. And it's complicated, and it's messy, mm-hmm. and we have to constantly work through it. It never stops, and, 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 and repair never stops because we are born broken. We are born sinful. Um, that's a theological truth that we hold to um, from God's word, you know, um, for all have fallen short of God's glory in Romans 3. Um, and, 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 and we are redeemed as sinners because while we were still sinners, not because of anything we did, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. So while we were actually his enemies, which at times, you know, <laughs> your teenagers can feel like enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you probably feel like an enemy to your teenager. 
but Christ died for his enemies mm-hmm. and he's that sacrifice to that's that is the vehicle of repair and the vehicle of repair is not you so when you bring in delight and honor it kind of revolves around you and your teenager but when you bring in repair you bring in Christ into mm-hmm. the picture of your discipleship that's why it's so important you need delight honor and repair all working together mm-hmm. at the same time in a parenting relationship that is critical and, and the reason why is because it makes Christ the center of the relationship and not you the center or your your child the center. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're always fighting as parents is making us the center of the relationship or making our child the center of the relationship. And that is called idolatry. And that is something that, you know, the Israelites in the Bible struggled with. And the Lord saw that. God saw that. Th- this was deep in their heart. And so what does he do? He offers avenues for repair and repentance. And he creates a sacrifice system. You know, and that's what you see in the Bible is is that the spotless lamb is sacrificed for the sins and the guilt of the people. Mm-hmm. It brings in a new dynamic. It brings God into the it brings God into their hearts, into that moment relationally and covenantally. And that is what we're trying to do. And that's the goal. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. if the goal of parenting is to get our kids home, eternally home. Not just home, like home in our house. We don't want right. them in our house forever. <laughs> Please, no. But we're trying to get them home eternally. Um, they're going to spend much more time in eternity than here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so that is our goal of parenting and discipling. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a tomb and a graveyard and a death. Mm-hmm. A death of the spotless lamb, a death of Jesus Christ, and a death of you and I in order for our kids to see Christ revealed in our parenting. So that's why you are saying when a parent says, I'm sorry, or a parent comes to you, the one in authority, and says, lowers themselves down mm-hmm. and brings themselves down, you are reflecting, you're reflecting this humility um, and you're reflecting the sacrifice and you're pointing to the sacrifice. Like, I can be wrong as a parent and I can be redeemed as a parent, mm-hmm. not because of anything I've done, but because of Jesus. So in a sense, when you discipline your kids, you're creating little moments of worship. Mm-hmm. I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awesome. Even like, now, obviously, parenting a toddler, which <laughs> I'm doing, is much, not as difficult, difficult in different ways, but not as difficult, I don't think, in parenting a teenager. But when your teenager points out to you as a parent, hey, this is where you hurt me and this is wrong, mm-hmm. you don't have to be defensive either. Right. Because we have a big Jesus, a big Savior. You can't mess up his plan and will. You don't have to defend yourself to your teenagers. Mm-hmm. You can say, you're pinning me to the cross. Whoever your teenager is, you say their name and say, you're pending me to the cross. And you know what? Thank goodness Jesus died for my place. And guess what? Here's where you, here's your Mm -hmm. cross. Here's where you have crossed the line. Here's where you have broken rules. Do you, how are you going to be redeemed? Mm -hmm. I mean, you create that tension in a discipline moment. And a moment of conflict is a moment actually where we can see Christ revealed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What you yeah. think? I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, I, I want to call it the parenting waltz. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> because I hear us bringing in the gospel waltz, this repent, believe, fight idea. I mean, which we bring into everything that we yeah, do. Yeah. And you bring it into parenting and you, you kind of get to do this cycle of honor, delight, repair, delight, honor, repair. Right. Um, and, and they all kind of go hand in hand. And, and when, uh, like you said a while ago, when, um, when you repair a relationship, 
the honor and the delight means so much more mm. because you know that it's real and it's true. Yeah. And when you delight and honor, you know that the repair comes from a place of love and kindness and and grace and humility. Um, and so I'm like, I'm like watching like these two dances go on yeah. <laughs> inside of each other. And it's just like this beautiful picture yeah. to me. Yeah. You're actually giving me a real life example from my own story. When I was a teenager, I was, I rebelled against my father inappropriately. My father rightfully said, you need to leave our house. I left our house that night justly punished. Mm-hmm. That's what I deserved for what I had done and for how I had behaved. And so I leave, you know, in the middle of the night, and I eventually sneak back in, try to get my sister to let me in. She lets me in. I sneak back in. I wake up the next day. Me and my dad sit down, and we try to do this repair dance together. Uh, and we, it was, it was, to say the least, it, it wasn't done well. We didn't do it well. At the end of the day, it was kind of like, let's just say sorry to each other just to never think about it again. And so then what happened from that point on is every time I w- have been in around my dad from 16 on was always this tension of, does he mean what he's saying? When he says, I love you, I like you, I enjoy you, does he really mean it? Because all I could hear was, I love you, but leave my home. I like you, but leave my home. I'm proud of you, but leave my home. And that was going back and forth in my head every single time I was around my father. There was a moment, so for two years that was occurring. I was 18, you know, last, you know, football game for me, um, playing as a senior. My dad sits me down, and he writes me this three-page letter where he goes through detail and particulars of everything that he loves about me, and he titled it The Things I Love About Michael So Far. And I read this, and I began to just, like, feel this emotional weeping inside myself because now I was starting to realize, like, oh, he loves me particularly. He loves me in all these little areas, and... He does forgive me, and this is how he sees me. And, and we talked about that, and we talked about it since, and, and we, keep, we do bring it up every now and then. And that is so helpful because that place was so painful where I hurt him and he hurt me. It was always had this ickiness to it, uncomfortability, this death to it. Mm-hmm. But it's been a place where I have actually, I know Jesus. I experienced Jesus in that moment when he wrote me that letter. I experienced the only way that I could be loved by my father in this way based on what I've done uh, is because of is only because of Jesus, because Jesus loves him so much. And so he loves me so much. That was like a moment of worship in a McDonald's reading a letter from my dad right before I went to play football. <laughs> That's incredible. Th- those things are really special and that a teenager will hold on to forever um, is when you usher in um, a moment um, where you bring in repair and repentance together mm-hmm. um, where, you know, and so a lot of times, though, teenagers um, are still, so if there is conflict or dissonance or disengagement between you and your teenager, there's probably places where he feels like he's failed or she's feel like she's failed you, Mm -hmm. dishonored you, or they feel like they deserve more from you. And so because they're just delighted in it all the time and they expect better from you. So there's this weird dynamic happening. And in order for that dynamic to break down, you have to, you have to get to the, to the, yucky uncomfortable mess of where have I hurt you as a kid and then the same thing for the teenager for you to share with them how they've hurt you as well those are that's in that moment and then don't just make it a one-off that's what I'm also trying to say Mm -hmm. don't let that moment just be a one-off revisit it Mm -hmm. um you know revisit a lot even though it's been talked about and you guys say I'm sorry and forgive 
come back to it w- in a healthy way and don't let it haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, if it haunts you, then yes. Like if it's haunting your teenager, yes, they tell them, please bring it back up. If it's haunting you as a parent, please bring it, please bring it up to your teenager because that haunting is what's going to stand between you um, and your child. And it's also going to stand between you and God. And we got to get that out of the way and it can get, get taken out of the way through, mm-hmm. through the cross, through the redemption of Jesus Christ. So I don't, I mean, I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of a way to kind of nutshell this for them to a degree. I'm even thinking like you can just, you can think of it as, you know, the scene of the crucifixion um, because what you got to realize is like there is sin done. Mm -hmm. There's the process of dying, the woundedness of Jesus on the cross nails. And then there's the death, there's the grave. But then there's also the resurrection and the redemption. Christ lives. He's alive mm-hmm. today in the body, in the flesh. And so you and I can have that hope going into a repair conversation and have the confidence and hope that God will redeem this. Mm-hmm. And in the end, he will. It might not be here on this earth. You may forever have wounded your child or your child may have wounded you that there will never be redemption on this side of earth. Maybe not. I don't know. And maybe that's what you are experiencing right now with your own parents mm-hmm. as a parent. You know, that's maybe what you experience right now is this like, I'll never be able to have and experience this redemption on this side of earth. But you can still seek repair, seek the gospel in it, um, and show each other graces that are only possible because of Jesus. Like going to Thanksgiving (laughs) with your family. (laughs) That might be a grace in and of itself. Like they do not deserve, you both don't deserve to be in the same house together, but yet you're willing to bring that in and continue to work through that mess and uncomfortableness because of the grace of Jesus. Maybe you guys work through it here on this side of earth and you work towards it, uh, but maybe it doesn't ever come to that full redemption that you long for. Let that longing, you know, grieve that, that, hey, it's never going to happen. Maybe you've lost your parent, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have a dad in your life or a mom in your life. You'll never get that closure. Grieve that. That is evil. That's not the way it should be. That's where the cross happens and the grave happens. But know that there will be a day where that will make sense and you will understand that and it will be made clear by God himself to you. That will happen in eternity. That's good news for me and for you. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's it. Lobbing the ball back <laughs> up to you. Are you going to spike it? Or are you going to... I'm just going to gonna gonna set watch it. it. Set it back. <laughs> I let me spike it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, I think, I think, I think that's, that's it. it. So I think that was a good. I think that was a good nutshell. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you got de- de- the process of death, death mm-hmm. and resurrection, mm-hmm. and that's what happens in repair. That's why it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so messy. Mm-hmm. So that's a little three tool belts for you: yeah. delight, honor, repair. Like Bring that. those together. Dance with those. Bring that in with your mm-hmm. teenager. All right, let's listen. Dance. Love you guys. Obviously. We don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but, we we're, 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 but here we are. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> here with you. No, seriously, you guys matter to us, uh, and, and we love you guys. We'll, we'll see you next time on The Spilt Milk. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you for being here today for The Spilt Milk Podcast. We are so thankful that you tuned in. Um, we would love for you to like and subscribe our podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Also, if you love this content, we would love for you to share this with your friends. We think this is valuable content and we want it to get out there. Also, 
you can give us a five-star review. That would be super helpful. It gets it to people um, who it may not have gotten to otherwise. If you want to follow us anywhere else, you can follow us on Instagram at Seven River Student Ministry. You can also follow us on Facebook at Seven River Student Ministry. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, advice on how to podcast, <laughs> you can email us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. Thanks for tuning in today.